0: All right, <laughs> I'm so glad to be here. This month is 20 years ago. This month, uh, t- 2003. I was on a w- with David on a campaign in um, near Roanoke in Virginia, and after a Sunday night service, we went out to eat at a Pizza Hut. And across the table, Jocelyn was there. My son Cohen wasn't even born yet. My wife Jocelyn was there. My daughter Eden was there. She was two, and she's at Raymond now, and uh, in her th- finishing her third year up. And uh, sitting across that table, David had a word, word from the Lord, and he said, what are you waiting for? Why don't you step out and see what God will do? And uh, we made a decision in that Pizza Hut. We're going to step out and obey God. And uh, we were just, you know, I quit my job without one meeting booked. I didn't have any meetings booked. I only knew three pastors. I don't come from a ministry family. <laughs> or any and uh, it's, a, it's a long story. I won't tell the whole one tonight. But 28 states and five countries later, God has been faithful. Amen never did anything else. Hallelujah. Yeah. Give him glory. 20 years. He's been faithful and And he's always faithful. Amen. And he's opened every door and made a way, uh, spent a lot of time overseas in Russia and, and um, mostly our, most of our overseas time is it was in Russia. We did the first ever mass evangelism in the city of Hanoi in Vietnam underground evangelism. And, and we're just thankful. God's, treated us much better than we deserve, amen, and did much more through us than I ever thought possible, <laughs> you know, he's wonderful, isn't he? Uh, if you have, I got a word on my heart for you guys tonight, if you if you have a Bible or whatever device serves as your Bible, we could turn pages, press buttons, or unroll papyrus scrolls and go to Luke 5, amen, <laughs> Luke 5, how many of you know uh, there's a lot of bad stuff going on in the world today? And, and the statistics can be alarming, can't they? just if you look at in this country and they, they tell us like what the amount of people that believe the, the word the Bible and the amount of people that believe that Jesus was the Son of God and these numbers are declining and the darkness is increasing everywhere right but God's God's moving and we are the hope of the earth, aren't we? And you know when I walk into my house at night, if it's dark, I don't curse the darkness. I don't fall on my knees and cry about it. But I hit the switch and turn on the light. And we are at the switch. Amen. Everybody say, I'm at the switch. We're at the switch. And it's the same with grass. You know, if my grass gets high, I don't complain about the grass. and So what's wrong with this grass? It's growing. That's what grass does. It grows, you know. And I'm the one with the lawnmower. Amen. And so I don't curse the grass, you know. I don't. I don't like get upset about the grass. It's kind of like that with people who don't know Jesus. I mean, what do right sinners? What are they going to do? I mean, we complain about it. We we expect them to do something different. I think sometimes, but until somebody tells them about Jesus, until somebody shares the, the gospel with them, until somebody lets the light of God's word shine into their life, they don't have the power or ability to do anything else. Amen. So I've been this message uh, starting in November, uh, actually mid-December, but I preached it a couple times in November. Then in December, I just kind of not the message, but many different messages from this passage. But I kind of locked on in December. And you know, if I have a meeting that's several nights, I'll preach on other things. But one of these nights, I would be on this. I'd be on Luke five, you know, and other places. If I'm there one Sunday morning or something, Luke five. I just couldn't get away from it. I'm not. Not just, you know, religiously or habitually, but I pray and just, no, this is it. This is what, and man, I was certain, you know, coming down here with you guys and no, all that, yeah, you know, well, what's it, now? this, you know, tell them this, you know. So let's look at Luke 5 starting in verse 1 right now. And it said, now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Genesaret, and he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake, <clears throat> but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little way from the land. And he sat down and began teaching the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said, Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your net for a catch. Everybody say for a catch. Simon answered and said, Master, we have worked hard all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say and let down the nets. When they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break so they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them and they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink when Simon Peter saw that he fell down at Jesus feet saying go away from me lord for i am a sinful man for amazement had seized had seized him and all his companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken so this wasn't just a good day of fishing this was a miraculous day of fishing amen Amen. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And and Jesus said to Simon, do not fear. From now on, you will be catching men. Amen. So this passage wasn't about fishing. You know, Jesus wasn't teaching them about fishing that day. He was teaching them about reaching uh, souls. He was teaching them about evangelism. He was teaching them about making disciples. Amen. Somebody say amen. And so I love this story because Peter and John are, excuse me, because the disciples are out fishing and, and they're they're fishing all night. And if anybody ever worked the night shift, you know with it, what that feels like. So it's morning. The shift is over. And it wasn't a good night. They caught nothing. They labored and toiled and caught nothing. And then Jesus tells them to launch out back onto the same water at the wrong time to catch fish because they fished at night because the fish couldn't see the nets. You know, it was clear water. So they were, at least this is what I've read, you know, you're, historical margins on (laughs) historical Bibles. It makes sense to me, though. It was nighttime they fished because the water was clear. The fish are running from the net, so they fished at night. Water, you know, better results with that. So now this, this preacher is telling them to fish at the wrong time. You know, they tried at the right time, and they didn't catch anything. And now, after they've been up all night, he's telling them to go out and catch at the wrong time, but a miracle took place. And they caught so many fish that their their infrastructure, the nets were breaking and the boats were sinking. And Peter didn't say, "Wow, that's pretty good. You know, that's, <laughs> I'm going to have to try that spot again." No, he fell down into his knees. He knew it was a miracle, and he was a professional. You know, he knew it was a miracle, and he said, uh, "Forgive me, Lord. You know, for I'm a sinful man." And these same fish that had no interest in being caught just a few hours earlier. All of a sudden they're swimming for the nets and they could see them. They didn't have to be tricked. They didn't have to. They were they wanted the net. Somebody is anybody hearing me tonight? Amen. And they filled the nets and they filled the boats. And Jesus said, from now on, you'll catch men. Could have sent a different message that night, you know, that day could have sent a different message you could have caught one fish and said hey at least we caught the one thank god you know and i thank god for the one bible tells us that the shepherd will go out leave the 99 just for the one but this day this day that jesus was teaching them about evangelism he sent a different message and then it was recorded in scripture so you and i would get a different message a net breaking boat sinking message amen And there was some kind of power that was working with Peter when he went there that second time because Jesus didn't give him a new net. He didn't give him a new boat. He didn't give him a new technique. But the power of God was working with him. And what Jesus was saying, the idea he wanted to get across is, that you know, because launch out into the deep and let down your nets for the catch sounds a whole lot like going to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, doesn't it? And so when, when Peter obeyed, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. If the power of God worked with him, shouldn't we expect as we go into all the world and preach the gospel, that same power that worked with Peter on the lake of Gennesaret to work with us. I remember one time my my dad, he's gone home to be with the Lord, but he was the first real Christian in our family. And one night I was preaching on this at a church in Cleveland, Ohio. He came up to me after the service and he says, that sounds years ago. This is years ago when I first started in ministry. And he said, that sounds a whole lot like the night that I got saved. My dad was in the Marines, and and he uh, served in Vietnam. He got home from Vietnam. He was still in the Marines. He was at uh, Camp Lejeune in uh, North Carolina, Jacksonville, North Carolina. fellow Marine invited him to a Baptist church on a Sunday night. And a pastor gave an invitation at the end of the service. And my dad's just sitting there, had no intention of going forward. And he said he felt a physical force pulling him up out of the seat, you know, and he fought it. He said he grabbed onto the edge of the seat, man, you know, white knuckling it, holding on. And it subsided eventually. But God, God had his attention, you know, this physical force. I'm not talking about an emotional pull from the you know, from the from the message. But he felt something physically pulling him and he held on to that seat. He fought it. But he he gets back to the barracks and he can't go to sleep. It's after lights out. He's staring up into the dark and he can't take it anymore. Finally, he goes and wakes up his buddy that brought him. And he said, listen, uh, he told him what I just told you, told him the story about how God's power drew him. And he said, listen, I'm going back with you next Sunday. And when your pastor gives that invitation, I'm going down. We'll be in the good Baptist. He was, he said, you don't have to wait until next Sunday. Amen. And they hit their knees next to that rack. And my dad called on Jesus name. He got born again. But there was some kind of power that was working in that Baptist church. There was some kind of power that was working with that man who invited my dad to church. It wasn't just that. It wasn't the the man's invitation only. It wasn't whatever music they played that night. My dad, thank God for good music. Praise God. But, you know, that wasn't the secret to it. Are you hearing me? There was something else that was working on my father that night. And Jesus said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Do we need that drawing power in this nation today? And I've seen sprinklings of it. You know, I've, I've seen, I say sprinklings of it. We've seen local revivals. I've seen in individual's lives. I was, first time that I really put this into practice in ministry, I was ministering at a small, I was, I was ministering at a small church, four square church in Conneaut, Ohio. And Conneaut is almost, it's on the Pennsylvania border. And it's a tiny town, but it was actually mentioned in Bartleman's book on Azusa Street. Right from Azusa Street, they went out to Conneaut. Conneaut, Ohio was one of the places they stopped to he lists, you know, teams going out. A little bit of uh, Pentecostal trivia for you. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, a ministering in Conneaut, Ohio, a small town on Lake Erie. And in a small church, there was probably, it was a Sunday night. This was a prep service for an evangelistic service we were going to do in two weeks. And we probably had, I don't know, 9, 10 people, you know, like that were there at that Sunday night meeting. On a Sunday morning, they would run about 25 or so, you know, somewhere in there. So I said, here's what we're going to do. We got two weeks until this evangelistic service coming up. We took a legal pad. We were all sitting in a circle in the church fellowship hall. Took a legal pad, and I said, everybody write down the names of seven people that you know that are lost that you could believe God for in two weeks. And then we everybody wrote it down on one legal pad. We made like nine copies, you know, one for everybody, everybody that was there that night. And then all of us took it home and we prayed for all those people on the list. Each one of us, Jocelyn and I have this thing we do called washing and praying. We walk instead of watching and pray. We wash and pray. We do dishes and pray. So that's like this thing we've been doing for many, many years of marriage, you know. So we did that. We got the names up on the refrigerator. We're praying together. We're we're believing God to draw these people. Lord, cause everything in their life to point them to you. Take an authority over the devil concerning them because the Bible says the reason that people do not believe is because the God of this world has blinded their eyes. And we said, take your hands off them, devil. In Jesus' name, Jesus, you said, if you be lifted up from the earth, you will draw men unto you. Draw them unto you. Pray in form every single day. We just all agreed. Let's pray every day. Let's believe God for this power that worked with Peter on the lake of Gennesaret. work with us in this service you know and so i go so two weeks right so there was that sunday night the next sunday i go to another four square church in mount vernon ohio uh totally unconnected i preach a healing service just preach woman with the issue of blood don't say anything really at all about evangelism besides just the basic gospel that includes healing amen and at the end of the service i'm praying for the sick we got a healing line and and All of a sudden, this usher, he's standing back up the center row, and he starts flagging me to get my attention. You know, come here, come here. And I'm looking, and I'm I'm praying for people. And I start walking back, and as I start going back, I see this guy sitting, and and the usher's next to him. And and he's on the chair, and it looks like somebody's got him by the shoulders, and he's shaking like this. He's just shaking, you know. (laughs) And there's a woman sitting next to him on the pew and she's going like this, like whatever he has, she doesn't want to catch, you know, and she's scooting. She's scooting down the pew away from him. And as I walked back towards him, I said, I know what this is. You know, I'd read about it in stories of the great awakening and in Finney's time and, and, you know, people shaking under the power. I'd, ne- I per- I'd never seen it like that in my life but we're praying for the lost every day, didn't give an altar call, didn't say anything. Just, I don't know, I don't know exactly what happened. Somehow, us praying for these lost people in this other town every day, I'm just doing a healing service, and this guy, God just starts dealing with him. We start walking back, and I, I, and he's shaking. Like I said, the usher, and the lady's scooting down the pew. The usher's kind of doesn't know what to do. This guy needs prayer, he's saying, you know. I said, hey, I said, what can I pray with you about? He says, I need to get right with God. And he's shaking the whole time, you know. And I said, he's drawing you. He says, I can feel it, he said. (laughs) And he's still shaking. I said, he's drawing you because he loves you. Amen. I said, he's drawing you because he loves you. Prayed with the man. He called on Jesus' name. The shaking stopped. He started crying. Raised his hands to heaven, praising God. Came back to the church a year later. He was a Sunday school teacher. Amen. Praise God. But there's there's power available. Everybody say there's power available. Evangelism, reaching our nation, reaching this generation. It's not something we do for God. It's something we do with God. It cannot be accomplished through marketing. It cannot be accomplished through our cleverness. It cannot be accomplished through any natural tool. This is miracle business. Amen. Amen. So uh, then we go to the church, you know, so that's, that's Mount Vernon. then we go the next, so it's two weeks that one Sunday in between Mount Vernon. Next Sunday, we're at Conneaut and they've got like 40 some people there. They're double their normal Sunday group. That's pretty good. You know, amen. Eight adult men came forward and got born again that morning, you know, hallelujah. Yeah. In a 25 member church, man. One guy who was an ex Marine, he was in tears. He got born again. Another guy named Les, he was in his fifties. His sister invited him. He came down, called on Jesus' name, came the next Sunday, got baptized. The baptism service was cool because, he, you know, the sign-up was before he got saved. So, you know, he, he comes to the baptism service. He didn't even bring extra clothes. He still gets baptized. He had a, he, he had a convertible. He put the top down so he could dry off and drove home, you know. He got born again that Sunday, though, but, you know, so then the next Sunday he gets baptized. A couple days after that, he, he choked on some food, lived at home alone, went home to be with Jesus. He was like, you know, like, like eight days from eternity, you know, nine days from eternity. And he was one of those that came down in that. So that's an evangelist story right there, but it's true, you know. It was true. But there's power available. Amen. So then, you know, fast forward a few years and, uh, this is actually a David story. I'll give more detail than I usually do. So David was doing a conference at a church in Augusta, Georgia, at Matt and Susie Judge Church, Good News Church. And he's doing a conference there where I'm just attending the conference, just, you know, and it's Wednesday. We're all having lunch, a bunch of, bunch of us. David's supposed to be speaking that night. We finish lunch and he says, oh, by the way, you're speaking tonight. Like he would always do, he would always do that with us when we worked with him. I'll tell it a bit. And And if you ever said no, that was probably the last time that he would ask, you know, but I was like, all right, praise God. I'll, I'll preach, you know, we'll do it. So I'm the preacher that night at the conference. I'd never preached in that church before. I just met Matt and Susie, the pastors, you know, Susie had a vision while I was preaching that night of me, of me preaching in the church and she invited us to come back. So they would usually take uh, a week, a week, they would take a missions trip to somewhere in the world, like every year you know, somewhere, wherever, Jamaica, they went one year, this particular year, this is 2009. They decided to take a missions trip to Augusta. They said, let's do a missions trip to our city. Let's do it the same. We'll use, fi- we'll put finances into it. People could take off work, all this kind of stuff, but we're going to reach our city. They invited me down to do night services. And then we were taking teams out on the street during the day. First Sunday morning, I preach on Luke 5, exactly what I'm preaching to you tonight, the same message. I thought it was mostly believers, right? So I finished preaching about the drawing power of God to stir people's hearts so we could stand in faith together and stuff. End of the service, I'm closing the service. I didn't give an invitation. The pastor's giving me, like, catcher signals, like, you know, like, like, you know, like oh, yeah, an invitation, you know. I start to give an invitation. I get halfway through, and a woman from the back runs down, runs down. I don't even finish. She comes running down. She calls on the name of Jesus. She says, what did you do to me? I said, I I didn't do anything to you. I said, Jesus saved you. She said, I feel so light. I feel different. Amen. And you know, it's so beautiful when an unchurched person says that because they don't know the lingo. They don't know that they, you know, they don't, they haven't heard anybody else say that, you know. And so she comes back. That was a Sunday morning. She comes back that night with her boyfriend. He gets born again. She, she calls her sister who she hadn't been talking to for a while. She gets born again. Her boyfriend comes the next night. He gets born again. Her father has a, a, a stroke during that first week of meetings who she had a strained relationship with. She goes to the hospital, leads him to the Lord. Her kids get born again back in children's church. By the end of the week, she's going out with teams. Amen. She gets saved on Sunday. She's a street evangelist before the next Sunday. Amen. She had a whole, she had a whole row of people that were in that that were in that that row you know the whole row of people that had gotten born again with her from her family praise god the te- what's that i uh, she was a drug dealer too so she went from drug dealer to street evangelist in just a few days amen precious woman precious woman that sweet woman and uh but you know some kind of power did that amen it, it wasn't me just like the apostle paul said it, it, it wasn't my own cleverness of words you know i'm paraphrasing here you know it wasn't my own clever it wasn't the excellence of my own speech but my teaching and my preaching was a demonstration of the spirit's power amen is this power available to us in 2023 hallelujah uh i believe how many faith people we got here at david thornton's church tonight on this wednesday amen i you know we will apply What we know, amen, about faith and authority to this. Are you hearing me tonight? Put a demand on it like the woman with the issue of blood put a demand on that healing power when she touched the hem of his garment and said, I will be made whole. And that power flowed. Faith gives action to the power, doesn't it? Amen. If faith gives action to healing power, I believe that faith gives action to drawing power. And I've seen it. Amen. When he anyways, that was Jennifer. But, you know, we went on that whole week, and, and uh, another guy got saved on the street. His name was Bert. He was 15 years old, and the team led him to the Lord on the street. He filled out a testimony sheet that said, I've been set free from drugs, pills, and guns. Amen. He came, He came, and he got baptized. His cousin and his sister came to see him get baptized. They came down, and they got born again on the day when, when they came to see him get baptized. We were doing another service during that same uh, that same place. And a, a young man was invited to the, to the church, and it's during the service, and he asked an usher, he said, can I leave and come back? And the usher says, yeah, you know, we don't lock the doors, right? You could, you could leave and come back. Goes and gets a friend. Before the service is even over, they both come down in the invitation and get born again. Amen. Like, wasn't enough just to come down himself, you know? Wasn't enough just to answer the all. Had to get somebody else. There's no marketing that can do that. Amen. Are you with me? There's no cultural relevance that can do that. That's the drawing power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The team came up. Team, uh, we, we ended up going two months that summer. Remember, I said we were scheduled for one week. We went two months in 2009. Amen. Saw hundreds of people on the street, you know, and, and in the services, call on Jesus' name and get born again. The next summer, they said, well, why just start with one and keep adding on? Let's just book it for two months. <laughs> so 2010, we just put it out. We just planned on two months. We moved down. Amen. <laughs> so uh, praise God. But there, But this power, it's available. And power is activated by faith. So the team comes up. I live in Ashtabula, Ohio, and the team comes up to, uh, to help us in Ashtabula. We decide we're going to do a campaign up there. I had access to the old National Guard Armory in Ashtabula. The man who owns it is a friend of mine. And so we, were do- we did a meeting there. And uh, the team came up, and it was hard at first. You know, they, they, we, they were going out on the street. And we had people from Pennsylvania and Ohio helping us going out on the street, and we were doing the night services, you know. And they got discouraged because the first couple days it seemed like nothing was happening. And I said, uh, no, no, man, Jesus, well, they said, maybe it's because it was the Bible belt and this isn't the Bible belt. You know, I said, no, it works everywhere. The word works everywhere. Amen. Seen it work in New England. I've seen it work in Russia. I've seen it work, seen it work in Ohio. Amen. Arizona. (laughs) But I said, no, the word works everywhere. I said, here's what we're going to do after service. Let's just take an hour and pray. Let's pray together after this service tonight. Let's put a demand on this. Let's get in faith about this. Amen. It's not God holding back, it's something else. And if God's not the problem, anything else can be moved. Amen. I said, let's get on this tonight. So we took about an hour after that that night service. They were discouraged. I said, let's press in on this. Let's put a demand on it, like the woman with the issue of blood. Next day, the teams go out. One, one of my friends, Steve Hetherington, comes across these two witches on the street. They practice Wicca. He leads into the Lord. They get born again. They say we're going home to burn our magic books. Amen. There was another team. They went to. There was this old trailer park next to the armory and it was really run down like some of them had caved in and only a few of them were people were living in and this team goes and knocks on this guy's door he comes to the door they start to share the gospel with him he slams the door you know they're discouraged they go away 45 minutes later another team goes to the same house same door you know so you would think if the guy was angry the first time he's going to be furious the second time right It was exactly the opposite. Second team knocks on the door. The guy invites him in. They lead him to the Lord in his living room. He's in the services that night. He's in the services the next night, and he brings his niece, amen, and she gets born again. That's, That's our God, amen? It sounds like God, doesn't it? It just sounds like him. This is God's work. It should look like God, amen? It shouldn't look like a bunch of people out there selling magazine subscriptions or do her. Are you with me? Sell a bunch of people out there in sales. I'm not in sales. Hallelujah. I'm in gospel work and the living God is inside of me. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. (laughs) Open in for a minute. Praise God. (laughs) All right. So Billy Graham. He goes. To, anybody ever hear of him struggling evangelist from days gone by? You know, he goes to England in 1954, and he has a great campaign in London. You know, people are coming forward, and uh, you know they're just flowing down. People are getting saved, man. He's having a great meeting, and, and, and the newspapers are tearing him up, and the newspapers are saying, no, it's just emotional manipulation. It's 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 the music. It's just as I am. When they play just as I am, these people are emotionally manipulated. And that's why they're coming forward. Billy Graham says, all right, no music. No music for the altar calls anymore. And he said, amen. Are you hearing me tonight? Because he said, it's not the music. It's God that's drawing the people. It's the Holy Spirit that's drawing the people. We don't need the crutch. It's good to have it. It's great. You know, he always eat most of the time, but that's not what he's depending on. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And and, and sure enough, he said he gave the invitation and he talked about he just stood there and the place was just dead silent. You could hear a pin drop, as they say. And he just was holding on. Lord, you're, you're drawing these people. He said he's holding on in faith. Then he said he heard that first seat, you know, they had those stadium seats and, and that first spring loaded seat that popped up and heard the back head. And then they just started getting all over and in total silence, all those people just started coming down because it wasn't the music and it wasn't the advertising and it wasn't the Marketing. But it was the drawing power of God, the same power that worked with, with Peter on the lake of Gennesaret, the same power that worked with John Wesley, the same power that worked with Charles Finney, the same power that worked with Billy Graham. It's available to us now. Amen. But somebody's got to put a demand on it. Isn't, isn't that just how things work, you know? I've seen it with Individuals. You know, we'll have people write down the names of people in campaigns sometimes. And nothing magical about writing down the name. It's just a focus for prayer and faith, right? It's just a way to focus your prayer, a way to focus your faith. We did that also in Georgia. And a man by the name of Thomas Tiller wrote down the names of seven people. And two of them were brothers that had not talked to him in 20 years because he was a Christian. And both of those brothers called him during the meeting, and he led them to the Lord, man amen yeah everybody on his list got born again they never even came to the service they just called him on they just called him by phone you know amen that sounds like god doesn't it here's the thing we got to realize what the, the very worst that the devil could do to keep a person from the kingdom cannot compare to god's ability to open blind eyes and draw a sinner unto jesus the bible says greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world the greater one works with us And the worst that the devil could do in this country, the worst that the devil could do in a city, the worst that the devil could do to an individual, God's power is infinitely greater. Amen. To draw them, to set them free, to open their eyes, praise God. But somebody's got to, we're at the switch. Somebody's got to put a demand on it, you know. Think again to that illustration. I'm going to wrap it up here. Think again to that illustration of the woman with the issue of blood. Jesus is walking through that crowd and all the potential for healing was there for anybody in the crowd. And I love preaching. I love the woman with the issue of blood because, you know, Jesus didn't choose her. She chose Jesus. So we're all on equal playing field with her. Amen. He didn't say, yay, daughter, this is your day. You know, I was specially chosen from before the foundations of the earth were laid, you know. Now it went a little something like, who was it? Could have been anybody in the crowd. Anybody could have done that. Well, if that's true of healing power, isn't that true of what I would call destroying power? I believe that Luke 5 is probably the, one of the closest things we have to a scripture that lays out what revival is. How many would agree with me? Revival is a tricky word because you can't, like, look, you know, it's not, like, right in there. But I believe it's like other words that we use, like Trinity. You could see what it is in the Bible, even if you don't see it directly connected with the word. Are you hearing me tonight? And I believe Luke 5, you could call it revival if you want. I call it Luke 5 evangelism. You know, that just that's what it looks like, you know. But you think about that, and if that was true, healing power with the woman with the issue of blood, that that she could just put a demand on it, that it it was already available to her. It was just waiting for someone. You know, isn't it true that this power is available for this nation? It's available for our generation. Praise God. We we, we get such a Calvinist view about it, like God's somehow reluctant, somehow holding back, like we got to beg him to do it, like it was our idea. And like we came up with it and said, okay, now all we got to do is convince God. How ridiculous is that? Amen. After the cross, after he did all that, why would he hold back now? He's not holding back. You know, Wesley, who was famous for revival and famous for evangelism he said it seems that god could do nothing except through prayer seemed like he had stumbled onto this fact that he wasn't waiting for god but god was waiting for him but we could activate this amen as we close real quick there's just a couple things uh you could see in this passage and i you know i could teach on this for weeks and you know preach on it for weeks but uh just a couple things right here we see that that this There's two things going on here. It wasn't just God's power. He didn't say, sit back on the beach, Peter, and watch what happens next. And then the fish just started jumping onto the shore, you know. I mean, he said, "Get." there was this element that's always a part of it. It's always a part of evangelism. It's always a part of revival. Get in the boat, go out into the deep, and let down your nets for a catch. It was inconvenient. It was tiring. It was physically laborious. Are you hearing me? But it was worth it. Everybody say it was worth it, but there was a human part to it. It wasn't just, you know, let's pray and believe God and he'll do it. There was a a partnership, a co-laboring, amen. It seems to be like so many things in the church, right? We either got it one way or the other. It's either, you know, one (laughs) road down the center with the ditch on either side, you know. It's either we're just going to pray and believe God to do it or we're going to do it all ourselves. No, it's a co-laboring, right? Amen. It's us and God. We go out there, we put our hands to the plow, but we believe for it to be miraculous. We believe for it to look like God. If I'm having a campaign and there's not some kind of like book of Acts story, you know, of salvation, some supernatural conversion, I say something's wrong here. We got to We got to adjust. We got to press in. We got to believe God. Amen. Are you hearing me? Because Jesus showed us what it should look like. Hallelujah. And there's, thank God, there's no shortage. There was no shortage of fish on that lake, even though they didn't catch them that night. There was no shortage of fish. There's no shortage of lost people today. Isn't that right? There's no shortage. The harvest is ripe. The harvest is plentiful. The Bible tells us so. That's a biblical reality. Amen. We just got to go out and get it. Amen. Put a demand on it. What can we do? I, I recommend, you know, take this passage. Just like you would for healing or anything else. Meditate on it. Get it in your heart. Amen. Make it part of your study time. Get it. Then use your faith. Use your authority. Work with God. Amen. The woman with the issue of blood said, I will be made whole. We can say, I will make disciples. We will have revival, whatever you want to call it. We will see the power that worked with Peter. Work with us. Amen. In this generation. Amen. Amen. And then however the Lord leads you, there's always some, there's some way that we could launch out into the deep and let down our nets for a catch, amen? We, You know, whether it be just when God opens up an opportunity to talk to somebody, uh, you know, the devil always wants to say it's not going to work. They're not going to want to hear it. It's amazing how much when you start stepping out, you see how many people that you thought, oh, they weren't receptive. They are receptive, you know. Our, our last miracle, you know, David used to say, an evangelist, how did he say it? An evangelist miracle testimony should only be as old as his last meeting, you know? <laughs> well, we—well, our, our, our last miracle testimony was yesterday at a restaurant. We had lunch with, with some friends, ministry friends in Ocala, and uh, the waitress got healed. Amen. Jocelyn felt led to pray for the waitress. She, had, she was a dancer, heard her back dancing, and she bent over and touched the ground for the first time in two years. Amen but but she just felt prompted, you know, and just acted on it. Just seized the opportunities, you know. One way we're launching out into the deep is we're just we're just determined to campaign all over this country. We're determined to put this into practice, you know, and uh, all over the country. Amen. And wherever else the Lord opens a door. But whatever however the Lord leads you, other people in ministry here, you know, but there's we all got a part in this. Amen. All of us, every one of us. This is the mission of the church. There's always There's always conditions to deal with. You know, there's going to be conditions in your life. It'll never be perfect. You know, sometimes I think we get the idea, well, when I get this squared away, then I'll think about the harvest. When I get this victory, then I'll think about the harvest. There's always going to be something, you know. But this is always our number one job. Amen. In all the darkness and all the stuff going on in the world, praise God, we can do something about it. We can do something about it. We could change statistics. I believe that, you know. Has this helped anybody tonight? Hallelujah. Good, 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 good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. Thank you, Lord. Father, you're you're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Praise Father. Glory, glory, glory. Father, we are not discouraged we are not discouraged by the darkness in the world. Oh, hallelujah. But we recognize the great adventure of working with you. Lord, we pray for holiday tonight. We're in holiday, right? This is holiday here, right? Amen, where the church is. Yeah, praise God. Lord, just all these houses we drove through coming up here. There's people there tonight, Lord, in this neighborhood. There's people around us. Hallelujah. They need you. They need to know you. Father, we ask you to draw them. We ask you to deal with them this very moment. Right now as we pray, Father, deal with them. Draw them unto you. Devil, we take authority over you. You take your hands off the people of this community. You take your hands off the people of this neighborhood. We claim them for the kingdom in Jesus' name. Jesus, you said in your word, if you be lifted up from the earth, you will draw all men unto you. That includes the people of holiday. Draw them unto you tonight, Father, in Jesus' name. And, Father, we declare by faith that there's people tonight in this neighborhood lost that will be, that will be in these seats in the days and weeks and years to come, Father, in Jesus' name. Draw them unto you, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus' amen amen praise god praise god amen hallelujah what an honor to be with you guys here tonight thanks for coming out yeah thank you lord amen thank you lord what an honor to be with you tonight other places you could be i'm so glad you came to hear me yell myself for us praise god amen (laughs) hallelujah we could do this everybody say we could do this amen hallelujah i i thank god for holy men of old, you know, like the Apostle Peter. But he wasn't all that squared away naturally, you know. Uh, he he uh, he denied Jesus publicly three times. I don't know any, after 20 years of ministry, I, I don't know anybody personally who's done that, you know. Didn't count him out, though, amen. He got in the flesh and cut off a guy's ear. You know, my brother's uh, in law enforcement. He said that's a class two felony in 2023, <laughs> amen peter in 2023 is a felon but it didn't keep god from using him amen and i think sometimes we look at these people from other generations and uh other other era you know other revivals and things and and we we look at them almost in a catholic view you know that there's something between god and us you know they're maybe not God, but they're certainly not us. They're saints. And you know what I you know, like in not using the word correctly. And there's something more than we are. But no, there are peers. Amen. There are peers. Praise God. Wesley's our peer. Wigglesworth is our peer. Lake is our peer. Allen is our peer. Amen. They were just messed up and had problems, just like all of us, you know, just like Peter. I mean, Peter was. Listen, man, I'm not knocking Peter. He's, I, I, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's <laughs> I don't know if hero is a good word to use as a believer, but he's right up there for me, you know. Guy walked on water. Only other person besides Jesus, uh, you know. The other 11 said, oh, we're cool here. Thanks, you know. Amen. When Dorcas died, who did they call for? Get Peter. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But yet, he had issues. He had stuff going on. Bible says even Elijah was a man of like passions, just like you and me. The Bible tried to make the opposite point. The Bible didn't say, now, he's different from you. Don't, don't, you know, step out there. No, the Bible said that Elijah was like us. Amen. And when Jesus did amazing things like curse fig trees and move mountains, he never said, now, no, I'm Jesus. I'm the Messiah. He said, now, you can do what was done to the fig tree. Not only can you do what was done to the fig tree. Amen. Hey, I'm getting into message two here. We'll stop. All right. Is there anybody who'd like prayer for healing tonight? Raise your hand. Anybody at all? Jesus is here. All right. That's right. This is David Horton's church. Nobody needs prayer. Amen. (laughs) Right? Amen. Amen. I love it. I love it. Praise God. Jesus is here, man. Just, you know, just we're going into this meeting. Just get your faith stirred up, man. Expect God to speak to you. Expect God, expect to be different. I was so blessed the last one we had a couple years ago, and God spoke to me. And just never just clock your time in a meeting like this, right? You know, never never just warm a pew, man, but put a draw on it like the woman with the issue of blood. Just say, yeah, Lord, you know give it all to me. Amen. (laughs) All right. I love you guys. Thanks for coming tonight. Praise God. Something else to do? Yeah.
1: Amen. Thank you, brother Jeremy. Thank you so much, man. I met a new brother, brother from another mother, but the same father. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Well, we're going to receive an offering for brother Jeremy tonight. I'm telling you what. The longer I love God, the longer I know God, the more thankful I am for his ministers because they are gifts to the body of Christ. Amen. And a workman is worthy of his hire. And we thank you so much, Father, for bringing Brother Jeremy and his family to us, not only for tonight, but for this weekend. Father, we thank you for their presence here, for the anointing that they have brought to join with our faith, their faith with our faith, And, Father, we know amazing things are going to be coming forth this weekend. And tonight was just the tip of the iceberg. Praise you, Father. We thank you for it. Thank you for the word that has gone deep into our hearts, Father. And let let that grow and grow in us, increasing our faith and causing us to reach forward to the world that you love, the world that you died for. Oh, Father, we praise you. And, Father, we, uh, we want to bless Brother Jeremy tonight. So, Father, as people give, I ask you to multiply their gift to be a blessing to Brother Jeremy and his family. And we ask you not only to bless them, but to bless the givers as well, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. We believe you for it. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
2: You you know, would you mind, like, I would like you to lay hands on me, just for, you know, that boldness, just to, you know, I know we don't lay hands on people to obey God, we need to obey God, yeah, Yeah. you know, but there's something about that, you know, that, man, that next, this move that's on right now, this move that's on. I I don't know about you guys, but I want, you know, it, it doesn't seem like what you said you You said something, you said, we're not waiting for the power to be there. We tap in. We need to tap. You know, so I don't want to wait anymore. You know, I want to tap with boldness.
0: That's a biblical prayer, right? Paul said, pray for me that I have boldness. And the boldness of God is not something that comes out of your personality. It's it's, it's, thank God. We all need it.
2: That's like when they, that was something also prayed for in Acts chapter 4. They said, Lord, there's heard the that are full. That's a I had something just, yeah. just quick right yeah. before. Yeah. And a And Grace, zara, And manza zena. And Jesus, la la so no more sobró no more behind the proboschisela, but enter in, abre, abre, and great grace will be upon us all. Hallelujah. Great things.
3: Great days, great days. Days that you couldn't have dreamed of. Days of person after person after person, healing after healing after healing. It's not time to sit back and say, oh, I wish I lived back then. It's time to look ahead and say, it's time for me to step up. It's time for me to step up and take my place, my my place, my place, my place, my place, and stop holding back. Speak what you thought. There's a well deep within you that as you just speak out, as you just start, I will fill your mouth. I will give you the words to speak at the dinner table, at the restaurant, at the supermarket, in the neighborhood, with your neighbor, with your friends. I am giving you the words to speak. Don't hold back any longer. Don't fret, don't fear, no, 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 no. Because <laughs> I'm here, and I'll back up what you say. You just speak, you just speak, and signs and wonders will follow you, follow you all the way you go, everywhere you go, everywhere you go. Ha, 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 ha. A great move, a great move, a great move. Ha, 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 jump in
2: all right these is camera right mara thank you for our sister every the the kiss, pasta 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 yeah yeah every the break ki yeah, that weight, that weight, that
0: weight that's been just, you know, the Bible said put
2: off
0: every weight and sin, The weights weights are trying to slow you
2: down. Go! Jesus! That She
0: And Father calls that boldness <laughs> that holy ghost boldness to rise up inside of her like never before in
2: Jesus' name. Jesus! Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Oh, Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh,